If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Joe Andrea. Thank you so much. I'm so excited too. We're going to meet in real life. Um, yeah. That's that's for sure. So I'm super excited for that. I don't think I've met many of my guests in real life. So I'm super excited. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. There's a new um, tequila bar in town. So maybe we... That's where we're going. Yeah. Count, count it in. We're doing that. We're doing that. <laughs> Andrea, before we begin with your three hopeful hints, share a little bit about what led you to your health coaching and your journey through infertility. Yeah. So my husband and I got married when we were pretty much babies. I was 21. And so I actually went through this space quite young comparatively to some of the clients that I'm working with now. But we started trying to have a family when I was just done with grad school. And, you know, it was like the first year. Tried, nothing happened. Pretty, I was pretty naive with everything and then started going to the doctor's visits and started like, the medication wasn't working and it started to kind of be this, oh crap, type of moment where I'm like, this just isn't working. So we eventually got, so I go to a family practitioner, um, a nurse practitioner like yourself, and she referred us to fertility clinic. And um, we did all the testing, did all the things. Everything was great uh, for the most part. So I have PCOS. And then two, my husband had like, you know, his sperm was whatever that the shape wasn't right. It's just, I don't know. You, you can fill that in. I don't know what that yes, was. Yes. And the exactly. mo- dysmorphia. Dysmorphia. What did I say that? I was like, I don't know. Is that some other thing? It's a, it's I don't really know. It's a weird it's a, it's a weird word. I don't say it a whole lot in my everyday life. Um, And he had low motility. And so it was kind of like a Chandler and Monica type of situation, right? Like I was prepared to kill anyone that decided to get off their Barco loungers, right? So we went straight to IUI, did six of those, failed. And I can like throw out six IUIs and fail like it's no big thing. But I mean, you guys, there's a month in between every cycle and devastation. And honestly, a total of 26 negative pregnancy tests in my whole infertility journey. And after the six um, failed IUI, I, so I'm a very strong believer and I had a very, very, I was cussing I was cussing at God and I was just really pissed I was sitting in the shower and I I was just done with it and I was like God I can't see one I can never see another negative pregnancy test and two I just can't do this anymore 
And I went in for my, you know, because you go in quite quickly um, for your next ultrasound to see when you can start doing things again. And I had cysts, so I couldn't, we couldn't do anything that month. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because then we just took a chill and we just were, and we were just married and we built a house and we just kind of in that time thought maybe we'll never be parents. And we started to become very much at peace with that. Maybe we'll just be the fun aunt and uncle. We called ourselves dinks, you know, dual income, no kids. And we we had so much fun. We just lived life. And then one day, we're in our brand new house. P.S., our house too. Um, we have one room upstairs and we have these tiny closets. And I remember my mom being like, well, are you sure you want this small of a closet? Like if you have kids? And I was like, great. That would be a great problem to have, mom. If we, if I can't fit my kids' clothes in this tiny closet, because like we were just, I was so sick of doing everything in my life. If I might have kids, if I might get pregnant. So I was like, screw it. Well, we, we have two kids and their damn clothes don't fit in that closet. And I laugh every, it's just like a we're thing that I, Every time I'm like, you know what? We're keeping this small closet and all their clothes are falling out because like I wanted this. So um, one day I was like, you know what, honey, I'm just going to schedule my annual exam because it was that time, that time of year again. And I was like, and then I may just see what happens. And what I did was I just took the next step. So I went to my annual and I was like, okay, then the next step is... I'm going to call the fertility clinic. And I was like, I'm not doing IUI again. This is not working. And so then we got the referral for IVF. And it was just one little step at a time. Uh, the first infertility, or the first IVF clinic we uh, got referred to, I fired quite quickly. I uh, was very dissatisfied and kind of pissy at them because I have half of a thyroid. And I've been on levothyroxine for years. And they were trying to tell me that my thyroid numbers were low and that I was going to start a new med medication called levothyroxine. And I was like, no, you should have read my chart. You should have known that I have half the thyroid. You should have known it as a medication. And I just like broke up with them. Just fold for Um, Got our new clinic and very much loved our experience. We ended up had conceiving twins through IVF on our first round. And um, one of our twins did pass away halfway through the pregnancy. His name is Corbin. And so I just kind of, I reabsorbed him. And so they did, I had a C-section and they did find some of his tissue, which by the way, I know you're in the medical field, blows my freaking mind that he had a spine and all these bones and like just this beautiful baby and that I reabsorbed him. So I kind of love that because he's a part of me. Um, when I delivered our daughter, um, because we're crazy, went back for the next round um, exactly two years later from our other round and did another round, transferred two embryos, um, and we ended at one stuck. And so I know uh, Tara and I were talking a little bit earlier about embryo loss, and it's it's a real thing. Um, so anyway, uh, had our little mister. So right now my kids are five and three. But just because I got pregnant, just because I had my kid, the trauma of infertility was still sticking around for me. Um, I was still very pissy and very upset when people would announce their pregnancies. And, you know, one of my best friends, she would like walk down the hall and get pregnant. And so we're best friends. So she could come over and be like, I'm expecting again, you know, of course, super happy for her. But there's still there, there was that trauma, those things that like, crept up for me. 
that she could have sex for free and get pregnant and I'm in debt. So the trauma of infertility just wasn't going away and I I wasn't taking care of myself. My self-care was plummeting. My habits were just shit and I was very unhappy. And I knew my purpose for infertility was for so much more than, you know, getting my two kids, which are amazing. We have all these embryos stashed away in the freezer somewhere, and I'm really working through a therapy right now what to do with those. My my dream is to, you know, have them go out for it like adoption and people can, you know, I, we can create a family too through our frozen embryos, but we're not there yet. <laughs> um, But I just decided to create the business to um, support women with their health and habits and really life going through infertility. So like, I don't get people pregnant. I don't do any of like the medical advice and like that specific fertility advice. But what I do do is relate to women going through infertility to, to remind them that they are important. They are worthy. They are not a failure. And there's there's so much more to them while trying to conceive. So, so needed. So amazing, Andrea. Love it, love it, love it. And what you do is so needed. My goodness. I think we were just talking earlier too about what we created, what we wish we would have had when we were going through the dark hole times that still appear yeah. after you have a child, which I think is something that needs to be heard more too. It doesn't go away magically when you have a child. Right. Right. Let's dive into your hopeful hints. Hopeful yeah. hint number one. So the biggest thing that is a takeaway for me is that you can take care of yourself and try to grow a family, try to conceive. Um, I see so many women, women that I'm working with that are too afraid to work out. They are too afraid to um, spend time on themselves, say yes to themselves because, you know, what if, what if, what if. So you can take care of yourself. You can take your medication on time. You can wash your face. You can get the massage. You can drink a glass of wine. You can meet the friend at the new tequila bar in town. Um, yeah. And you can exercise. So I did none of that because, like I said, I was always so fearful that, oh, what if this isn't safe? Self-care is actually very safe and very important when trying to conceive. So good. So good. I can relate to that. And I remember at the end I was of my IVF journey, I was like, I mean, no Rios, I just don't care anymore. Like there was so much pressure. And I was like, and I even share this with my clients sometime. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it a little bit more cleaner than I usually say it, but there's individuals who do risky things such as drugs and uh, then go eat McDonald's and a large Coke for supper and they have four kids. And I had to kind of tell myself that at one point when I was really beating myself up about not following a plan or what I thought was a plan that I had to do in order for this to be successful. So that's why I think what you do is so important. So important. Yeah. And I love, like I follow a few fertility nutritionists too. And I see I see everything that they're talking about. And I think the education is great and important. But for me, I am a perfectionist and I am obsessive. And so I didn't give myself any grace. So say I needed to have so much of this in my diet, I would like freak out 
and then my stress would increase and my stress hormone would increase. And, you know, you just, that's not healthy either for trying to conceive. So what I like to follow is this 80-20 rule, right? 80% of the time I go for the whole foods, the nutritious option. And then 20% of the time I go for the Oreos or the snack or the treat, you know, to let yourself indulge because no one's perfect. And if you keep having that perception, um, you're just going to go into more of a black hole or dark hole of infertility. Absolutely. That was so well put. Hopeful hint number two. Uh, Okay. Your husband, your spouse or your partner is also hurting. Woo. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So I, uh, I also have a podcast. And I had my husband on as a, his point of a view. And I was talking to him. Okay, so mind you, for years of infertility, I was like, tell me how you're feeling, how are things? And he was just like, a brick wall. I, like, he, oh, you have another fail, I, failed IUI. And he'd be like, honey, what else did you expect, right? Like, just that very, he um, withdrew. But turns out, on live, well, not live air, but like on the podcast, he was like, I felt like a failure. I'm like, son of a bitch, I've been trying to get this out of you for years. Takes a pot, it takes a mic, turns out. But your partner is also hurting. They just might show it differently, especially if your partner is a male. Um, they tend to grieve and process much, much differently. But inside, they're probably feeling pretty similar. That they're, they're a failure. They're not getting their wife pregnant. They can't show up for their spouse in a way that they need to um, show up for because, you know, as women, we tend to dig into that dark hole a little bit deeper. And it's very, very obvious to the people in our house. We maybe put on a really, really nice facade for everyone outside of our house. Um, but just just know that they can be hurting too. And one thing that we really talked about on the podcast too was that sitting down, having those conversations and really, really checking in with like, I feel like an utter failure right now. And just seeing where that conversation goes. That is so needed. It's forgotten. It's almost like we shut down. And because we want to avoid conversation. That's how it was for me. Anyhow, it was like I was scared of what might be said that I don't want to hear or that was a hard conversation. So instead, we're just not going to talk about it. We're just not going to talk and just carry on. But it's so true. And I remember being terrified of what my husband would think of me for feeling like just at my lowest when it turns out he he was kind of feeling there too but needed me to open up and actually what ended up happening is I ended up building up these such beautiful walls that I don't tell him or anyone a damn thing I mean I do now I've spent a lot of money on therapy and a lot of time on therapy to like get vulnerable again but um that's where I talk about too the trauma of infertility doesn't go away because these walls started with infertility and then just kept going. Absolutely. We forget that this will carry over even when it's over. And if you, I think relationship-wise, need to have a solid relationship going into it because it can be damaging if if not and if you don't keep watering and nurturing it throughout. For sure. That's such a good reminder too. <clears throat> Hopeful hit number three. Okay. Um, I couldn't decide between my last one. So we give a bonus. We get uh, we can go for bonuses, or you can mix them in uh, to all number three. 
Um, okay, so the next one is you are not in control. Oof. Way to slap me in the face at the end there. <laughs> As someone who loves to control all things because it's more comfortable that way, right? As she's raising her hand. <laughs> I I love to control things so much that I, you know, I set the timers. I did everything perfect. And I, you know, I would say that I was praying to God and like, God told me to do this. But no, I just, I loved control. I loved to be in control and know the control. And you just have zero control through infertility. And me, you have control over your diet and your exercise and your schedule to get the shots in. You have control over all of that, but you can do everything perfect and by the books and that still doesn't mean right that you're going to have a successful egg retrieval or a successful transfer or have embryos um or eggs that were fertilized so you're just you're just not in control and that sucks but that's okay because if i were in control of everything turns out life would be a lot sloppier and not great because we were you know tara and i were talking a lot about like this divine timing and this divine intervention. And she had no control over that. We don't have any control over that. And when you look back and see the pieces align into place, um, I'm really grateful that I didn't have that control because my preferences, right, are very different than God's promises. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. This was so good, Andrea. Can you share more about where we can find you? We'll have everything linked in today's show notes, but share more about that. You can find me on Instagram at her.infertile.myrtle is my Great. Instagram. And uh, my website is Andrea Hensrud, H-E-N-S-R-U-D dot com. And uh, my podcast is called Diagnosis and Fertility. Love it. You guys check it out. Go and say hi and connect with Andrea. She is an amazing asset to your healthcare team. Because if you've been here long enough, you know I'm all about creating a healthcare team and you get to do that. That is something that you have available to you and it can look however you want it to and bring in the resources that you need at any time. Thank you, Andrea, for being here. Yes, thank you so much. Join us next week here at Hopeful Hands. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over and hit subscribe or leave a review for Hopeful Hands and Infertility Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.